is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Uh, hello. I am really bummed out that Carrie is not here because I have so many things to say about a video game that up until last week, I didn't think I was ever going to play. Uh. And now I've started playing it. The game is Persona 5. I did start playing it. I, <laughs> yes, it, I heard. It, yeah, it went, from, it went from concept to to actuality over the weekend. So let me, I have a lot of thoughts about Persona 5. A lot of, let me first get my most gushing thoughts out of the way. Truly, when it comes to the soundtrack for this game, much like the song suggests, I never saw it coming. (laughs) This game has more bangers per capita than any video game that I've ever played before in terms of the music. I love it. It's insane. <laughs> Just when you think that surely we've like even early in the game, like once you hear like the battle theme and, and the vic- and the, and the victory fanfare, final fantasy, you think final fantasy has got a victory fanfare. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they ever done the Final Fantasy victory fan foe over like a fucking funk baseline? Never. <laughs> so you're like, okay, well, surely that's the pinnacle, right? It just keeps coming. It just like like it it does not stop. It does yeah, not man. stop. So 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 for context, and I, I I'm not going to spoil anything about Persona Five. I know people are very sensitive about Persona Five spoilers, even though the game's been out for four years. Um, for context, I am I just finished the first dungeon. And I and I've and I've dealt with the aftermath of that first dungeon. And like so so you know how like in the dungeon, like you go to like where the objective is, and you're like, all right, now we know how to get there, so we're gonna come back later. And I was like, that's weird. Like I feel like I could just go fight the boss now, and that would be fine. And I'm glad they made me leave because when you come back. The like I'm sitting here waiting for just the regular like dungeon music to start playing. No, they play like this insane fucking track that it's like l- hypes you up because you're going to fight the boss. And like you know you're going to fight the boss. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, like it's it is it should be illegal for baselines that funky to exist in music that you have to listen to repetitively. <laughs> it's not fair. I've been listening to Persona music all week Persona 5 music specifically all weekend. It's insane. Yeah, the game, the game uh, it's it's it, it's disgusting. It's uh, it's like this, like this, like like you said, this like funky, like UK style acid jazz, and uh, and yeah, I love it. Man. Yeah, I, I like I'll like just, like if you in the car, if you even if you never intend on playing Persona Five, if you are a fan of like funk or like like you know fusion jazz, like that kind of shit. Seek out the soundtrack. You will not be disappointed. I promise. Like, like, like I wish. So like, there's like a cottage industry of like reaction to persona five stuff from like YouTubers on YouTube. And like some of it's just them reacting to listen, hearing like certain musical pieces for the first time. Like if you, if only my camera was on when, when I was, when like I got into a battle for the first time, I was like, what is this? Like you think you wouldn't want a song with lyrics over, over top of, like battle music that you're gonna hear all the time nah give, give it to me all the time give it to me all the time um the music's the music's incredible and uh and well and and worth i mean it's almost worth playing the game for the music alone 
Um, it's that good. But of course, you can hear the music outside of the game. So well, how, how's the game? So, so again, this is coming from someone who, um, as I said on the show last week, I have a very low anime bullshit tolerance level mm-hmm. in general. I like JRPGs, but I'm not like over the moon, especially like modern JRPGs are, are a little iffy for me. Um, and I'm not like a Persona fan. Like I'm not a longtime fan of the franchise or other Shin Megami Tensei games. So what I'll say about Persona 5 is that it reminds me a lot of Octopath Traveler. And that with all the caveats that come alongside of that. And and I'll get to the battle system specifically because that, that's probably the thing that I'm most polarized on is the battle system because in some respects I like it a lot. In other respects – I don't think it's great design because the battle system Persona 5, much like many RPGs, it is like an optimization game where where when you're fighting regular enemies, you want to beat them in the most optimal fashion that you possibly can. But Persona 5 jacks that up to an insane degree that much like Octopath Traveler, if you can figure out an enemy's weakness, like what like the type of attacks they're weak to. You can just spam the shit out of that, but unlike Octopath Traveler, where you still at least have to go through the battle itself, where you know it's not like you're gonna just you know stun the enemy in one in one phase. Like you have to build up attacks on them to kind of knock them off their knock them out a little bit. In Persona, an enemy is like knocked down as soon as you hit them with an attack that is that that is that they're weak to, and once all the enemies are knocked down. You can do like a special thing that ends the fight immediately. So like most fights, especially the regular fights in the dungeon, last like one or two rounds tops. And that's it. And you're and you're in and out pretty quickly. Where that's a problem is when you get to the boss fights. Because you spent so much time optimizing and going getting through battles as quickly as possible that they don't do a great job of training you how to actually fight yeah 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 you're fighting trash yeah (laughs) and it's just like yeah and then then you run up against a boss that you can't just cheese a strategy on like you have to actually like oh now i'm playing a jrpg okay (laughs) right cool um so like when i when i ran into that first major boss like i felt like i like i posted a gif on twitter of me like running up against a brick wall essentially because that's what it felt like like i felt it felt like hard stop Okay, now you need to figure out what this guy is doing and figure out how to game plan around it, which is fine. Like, that's what boss, like, big boss battles are supposed to be all about. It's just a huge swing from what the rest of the dungeon is. And these dungeons are not short. Like, like the dungeons in Persona 5 are very long. Now, they trick you. Now, like, like, they do something that's kind of interesting. So, the dungeoning... Reminds me a lot of Moonlighter. Like Moonlighter, I've talked about on the show before. So is Terrence. Is a game where you have these like dungeons that are very long that have multiple floors, and you go down basically as deep as you can and get as much stuff as you can. But you don't want to push your luck because if you die, then you'll lose uh, like most of what you accumulated in your quests. So you're encouraged to basically push yourself to the limit and then bounce out and and run back to tackle another day. Persona is much the same way, which I did not see coming that not not to not to use that pun again but i did not i did not expect that because like i'm going through the dungeon and they're just like oh like we're barely in this thing and everyone's like i'm really tired though i'm just like so what do i do do i just leave and they're like yeah you can leave and come back i'm like that's interesting like so you want me to explore the dungeon in kind of stages i guess which is which is very peculiar 
Um, but I guess that's how they trick you because I know that there's a very low number of dungeons in the game, but because you are tackling them in like chunks, essentially, like it makes you feel like the dungeons are more than or more numerous than they are, I guess, in some respects. But the problem there is that I don't feel like that the enemy balance is as strong because I was fighting a lot of the same like level five enemies in the last leg of the dungeon that I was fighting in the early stages of the dungeon. And obviously they're a lot easier once you get to the last leg and there is some harder enemies that you'll face as you go. But I would, I would expect like a gradual ramp up. Like, like I would expect the game to almost like gate you when it's time to leave and go resupply. Um, so that was a little weird as well. The outside the dungeon stuff has not been bad so far. It seems like that it seems like that they, at least at the beginning of the game, don't give you a, like they don't give you a lot of leash to run off of. If that makes sense, you you right now you probably don't have enough to do mm-hmm. to worry about time management. Mm-hmm. But depending on where you are in the game and the types of relationships you want to develop, you're gonna have to start picking and choosing who you want to spend time with. Mm-hmm. And, um, there are only so many hours in the day. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, I, that's what I was worried about with you was cause that's where all the anime stuff is, all right. the, all the non-combat stuff and relationship building and stuff like that. And if you're not into that, that's half the game. Well, so far the characters have been interesting. Like I like Ryuki, even though he's a fucking goofball, kind of a dumbass. Mm. like, like he, he's, he's very earnest, which is nice. Um, on as a character is like, like they immediately give her layers when, when you first see her, like you make assumptions about her and then they immediately like give her a character, which is strong, which is nice. Like that's frankly a little unexpected coming from (laughs) coming out of a game from, uh, from Japan to immediately establish that she's not just some vapid, you know, pretty girl walking Mm -hmm. around. Um, so that's been cool. Uh, you're like caretaker guy. I'm, I'm kind of, kind of iffy with. Um, mm-hmm. the, the doctor is interesting so far. So like, so th- the characters have been cool, but I know that there's a lot more people to meet and I'm sure that I'll have varying degrees of affection towards them. So I guess I'm just trying, I'm going to try to play it like a, like a mass effect game where there's characters that I will spend most of my attention giving cause they're the ones I like the best and not necessarily try to balance out attention across the entire team if that makes sense sure sure that makes sense like i can't stand morgana so i don't <laughs> spend a lot of time with morgana morgana's not <laughs> I, I i don't i don't mind them too much uh they they, they haven't annoyed me yet they're like i said they're very earnest <laughs> very earnest uh cat person that you are that you're dealing with um but it's been cool so far like i said i'm gonna continue i'm gonna continue on with it whether I beat or not, we'll see. I, ha- I haven't gotten like sucked into that point yet, um, but I'm into it enough that I'm going to keep playing uh, until I'm not. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious to see if you'll finish it because I, I really like that game. And I, I think my tolerance for uh, anime stuff is um, a little higher than yours. Mm-hmm. I think it's and considerably I higher than mine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I and I could not finish it because it's it's so long. It's yeah. so long of a game. And um, I think I put like 60 hours into it. I think I had another 20 to go. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, you know, something else came out and I just started playing that. And 
So it it I would love to go back and finish that game, mm-hmm. but you know, I already put sixty hours into it, and I don't know where I'm at. So I would have to start over, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I want to do that. But uh, maybe it's nothing really out right now. So. Yeah, I mean that that's the one thing it has going for it is that I don't have anything else kind of pressing up against it. So we'll yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. But like I said, I'm enjoying it more than well, actually, I, I shouldn't say more than I thought I would because I I really had no clue going into it. Um, but it's it's been fun. Like I said, it's been, it's been a decent game. Uh, I did also finally with the the bringing of Xbox uh, cloud gaming to the iPhone, uh, decided to redeem my trial uh, for Game Pass. And I've started to mess with that on my phone a little bit. And it is still in beta. And that's very evident because the because <laughs> the I, I, I don't know. I was expecting more. I've heard I've heard so much like good stuff. People talking about xCloud that I, I was expecting a smoother experience and it's still very rocky so far. It still it still very much feels uh, like a beta product so far. Like like I tried playing Halo. I tried playing Forza Horizon Four, um, and and just check those out. Graphically, it looks fantastic. Um, that that's undoubtedly like Forza looked as amazing as Forza does, uh, even even in, through the cloud. Uh, it's just that the connections were just so so. Um, there was a lot of times where, and, and I was on Wi-Fi by the way, like I was on Wi-Fi at home where I would have spotty connection issues where the game would just lock up, but continue running on the cloud. So basically one, it had like the stream had to catch back up to where, where it was in real time. Uh, latency is a, is about the same as for like remote play that I've, that I've seen so far. Like it's like a, you know, like a three to five millisecond, uh, delay in button press to, to, to button happening on the screen, which doesn't sound like a lot, but depending on the game you're playing can certainly be. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's fine. But so far, uh, what I've seen tells me that that's not how I would prefer to experience Xbox. Like, like that, that's the big experiment that I'm going to be going with for this next month is seeing can, can is tangibly. Can I just do it through browsers or do I want to get the hardware at some point? So I'm also going to try it on my Mac uh, to see if that's any different. And I'm going to try it on the iPad as well to see if that's any different. Um, just to kind of get an idea of, of the, of the differences also makes your phone like stupid hot. Like I thought that was kind of one of the benefits of the cloud is that you didn't have to like lean on the processing on your phone, on your device as much. And it was just streaming video, but it got hot super fast. Uh. So that's that's a little disconcerting. Um, so we'll see. But again, it's still in beta. So I guess some early problems are to be expected as we go along. Uh, I can tell you one game that I most certainly will not be playing uh, through the Xbox cloud. And that is Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of playing of fighting trash, uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I was doing. I was like, oh, OK, I'll. You know, the trailer was kind of silly. I saw it during that press conference. I don't really know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, but it's a role playing game. So, you know, well, like it's, it's, it's a it's a hack and slash game. It's a Diablo style. Uh, that, action that's adventure. yeah. Yeah, that's that. That was news to me. I didn't know anything about it <laughs> other than the Dungeons and Dragons name. And um, this game is not good. Uh, it's not good at all. 
And uh, I can't imagine uh, anyone wanting to 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 put up with this, even if I I don't know how like hardcore D&D fans are with mm-hmm. the, the fandom of the property. But uh, if if this was a property that I really like had a, a love for, I would be pretty insulted. This this game is is just kind of it's half baked. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so you you play as uh, one of four characters who I presume are D&D characters. I know one of them is um, is a, a popular uh, character uh, the d- Drizzle, Driz, Durden, mm-hmm. Tyler Durden, right? <laughs> and and um, so I was playing as 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 that character who was classified as a ranged character, but like has like two knives. He looks like he's more of a of a like a thief and a backstabber character. Mm-hmm. Whereas the person with the bow and arrow is classified as a fighter for some reason. <laughs> um. I, I don't know. And then there's uh, a warrior and a barbarian. I don't know the difference. Between, well, I know the difference between the two in the game. One of them is a tank and the other one is like your straight like fighter. Um, so those are the four characters. I tried the the bow and arrow character first because I thought the bow and arrow character was going to be a ranged character. Mm-hmm. Um, not really. They just utilize the bow and arrow as a weapon. Uh, they utilize the bow and arrow as a weapon, but not primarily as ranged. Uh, everyone has a ranged attack, mm-hmm. as does this person. Uh, so I tried uh, uh, Drizzle Duerden, and um, that's the one that I kind of lean heavily toward liking. Um, the combat is super simple. It, I mean, it's dumb. It's it's mind-numbingly simple. It's it's just the uh, left bumper and the or the right bumper and the right trigger in different combinations will give you uh, will execute combos. It, but there's nothing. There's not like a skill to it, right? Like something like Ninja Gaiden has like a light and heavy attack, but there are other elements in that game like positioning and and timing that affect how you how you perform combos no this is just this is just like like pressing pressing the button and you press the button enough until your ultimate attack uh is available and then you can unleash that whenever um this game is this game is this game is whack yo like it's (laughs) it's really boring and i i didn't play it uh with multiple people i heard it gets better if you play it with people online mm-hmm. um but i i didn't care enough to do it i put about 45 minutes into this thing uh the best thing i can say about it is that the levels are cool like the 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 actual level design is cool but in order to get there you start in a hub world where you can you know view your chest for all the loot that you get. You can, you know, buy different equipment and stuff, and then you can select where you want to go on the map. And then you go out to a teleporter and it teleports you to that uh, area, right? It's like the tower, but, but, but whack. (laughs) And, uh, and, and um, once you're in there, you fight the same 
types of enemies, right? They, they all are just standing at a specific location waiting for you to approach them. And you move on. And as you move on, you, you will uh, come across things that, will, that you can either take a rest to refill your health uh, or you could keep going without resting mm-hmm. and and multiply your loot. Oh, so it's like it's like the um, it's like the uh, the shovel knight mechanic. Yes. Kind of, so, uh, so you can do that. Uh, I I can't imagine why you would rest on earlier levels because, like, it's mind-numbingly easy. Mm-hmm. But when you put it on harder levels, they don't adjust the balance if you are a single player. Uh, everything they're still just throwing stuff at you. So, it, so you need other people to play it with. Um, yeah, the level design is cool. Uh, you know how the how the actual levels are laid out. There are multiple like paths to get to one specific location. Um, yeah, no man, this game is not. This game is this game is boring. And that's the that's the worst thing I can say about it. It's not even that it's just like bad. It's just boring to play. Like it functions. It's buggy, but it functions. But I don't want to play it because it's so boring that it's, it's I can't imagine. Like it, it seems like they almost like wanted to get like purposely wanted to make sure it got out before D two R because they knew that like that was they're basically the audience they were trying to capture. Yeah. Yeah. This is not uh this is not for me. I immediately uh deleted it from my from my hard drive. I, I this is not for me. This is a bad game, man. This is a bad game. And this is uh this is one of those things where if you were looking forward to this and you have game pass, please try it out first. Please try it out first. Speaking I, of bad games, uh PlayStation Plus has announced their <laughs> July choices. Uh one of the games is a tremendous stay away. Uh, that's available for PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, and that is WWE 2K <laughs> Battlegrounds, uh, the game that came out instead of WWE 2K21 last year because that's how bad WWE 2K20 was. And <laughs> Battlegrounds was an improvement over WWE 2K20, but that's like saying that, like, you know, like day-old sat-out overnight mac and cheese is an improvement over a pile of shit yeah yeah like <laughs> you know i would i, I would uh, that's like saying you know uh uh rotten milk is better than rat poison like all right <laughs> like, so it's not gonna kill me but like i'm still gonna be sick I'm, after uh, yeah weekend, so. <laughs> exactly like come on man <laughs> uh a much better game that you can play for free uh is call of duty black ops 4 a game that I actually uh, enjoyed the little bit that I played of it when it came out a couple of years ago. But again, if you're going to play a Call of Duty game, why wouldn't you just play Warzone, which is also free? So yeah, that's an option. I don't. Uh, well. I, I I have not played this game uh, for one very uh, stupid petty reason. And that stupid petty reason is that the four uh-huh. is not a yeah, Roman numeral. I, I, it's a, it, I think that's fair. I think it's a fair thing to be upset about. So it's a tally. It's a tally. Yo, like yeah. what? So well, when well, Black it, looks, Ops, it looks like a shield kind of, but uh, yeah, you know. but it's like the, the four tallies and then you slash it and, and you slash it for a five, right? Like if, if the fifth one, isn't that like four, four line, four, uh, horizontal lines and, uh, or four vertical lines and then one horizontal line through all of them. 
If that's not the logo for five, then I'm going to be even more upset at four. See, I'm I'm the opposite. I want to I want them to double down on this and just every <laughs> every iteration of Black Ops that comes out just have one more like line in that shield motif that pops up. Like they'll get to like Black Ops ten, you won't be able to tell which one it is because it'll just be fucking ten ten <laughs> vertical lines going across. You're just like I I don't feel like counting this many. Um, <laughs> if you have a PlayStation Five, you can download uh, a Plague Tale Innocence, which is a third person survival horror game uh, that I've heard many good things about. I don't know anyone that's played it, but I've heard it's good. And this is the, again the PS Five version of this game, which is releasing. Uh, right now. So if you want to deal with a rat plague in, you know, some tough times, then definitely check that out. <laughs> Doesn't sound like my idea of a good time. Personally, I've seen Temple of no. Doom and that looks or uh, Last Crusade and that looked terrifying when they were down yeah. in that fucking crypt. So yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, also new this week, Ender Lilies, Quietus of the Nights coming to PlayStation. Uh, we mentioned a Plague Tale Innocence. It's also coming to Xbox and Switch, but you have to pay for it on those platforms. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion is getting their Bloodline DLC. Who remembers that Watch Dog Legion is a thing that exists? Uh, that comes yeah. to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Out of Line comes to Nintendo Switch. Sam and Max, this time it's virtual, comes to PlayStation or PC VR platforms. Uh, Black Skylands comes to PC. And then finally, Monster Hunter Stories 2. Wings of Ruin comes to PC and the Nintendo Switch. Well, those are um, those are not very good, except for maybe Monster Hunter. I don't know. Um, I know Carrie's I getting Monster Hunter, so she'll she'll report back. Yeah, this. but you know, Carrie Carrie's Carrie's uh, Carrie is as a has a tremendous amount of bias. Yeah, but this she, but this isn't like this isn't proper Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter stories, I think, is way different than. Oh, it's different. It's yeah. like the uh, it's like uh, the Pokemon Snap to Pokemon. Or, or, yes, you're going around taking pictures of the monsters <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of battling to tell to tell stories about them. Is how I presume that that's uh, that that works. <laughs> uh, go to uh, our Discord uh, by going to densepixels.com/fans. You go there, you'll get an invite to the Discord, and uh, then you'll we'll let you in, and uh, it'll say something like. Hey, so and so, hope you bought pizza or something weird like that because uh, because Discord's kind of quirky, but uh, but it's adorable. Uh, go to youtube.com slash dense pixels to uh, and uh, subscribe. Smash that like button, hit that notification bell, uh, and subscribe. Yeah, you know, or whatever wacky <laughs> shenanigans go on. Uh, and then click the title card right here. Or there, or I, I don't know. I don't know how YouTube works, guys. Uh, I'm old. Uh, but I do know when you go to youtube.com slash dense pixels and subscribe, it helps us. You know what else helps us? Subscribing to all of the TNP Studios podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, including the Nerdpocalypse. Um, on the most recent episode of the Nerdpocalypse, uh, uh, friend Tiara was on there. And we were discussing um, the fast, the latest in the Fast and the Furious franchise. And uh, I come to the realization that Jay and Tiara are too stupid for that franchise. <laughs> They're too stupid <laughs> for a race car spy family franchise. They're too dumb for it. Uh, and if you want to know why they're too dumb for it, you have to listen to the Nerdpocalypse. Uh, Black on Black Cinema 
uh, I can't remember what the last episode was. Oh, it was fatherhood. And, uh, and Jay and I got to talk about, uh, uh, being dads. It was kind of like a dad cast. It was, uh, it was very entertaining, uh, coming distractions. There are a couple of, uh, new, uh, movie reviews up one for, uh, the forever purge and, uh, one for the, uh, tomorrow war. Uh, I saw the Tomorrow War. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, yeah, because I'm an idiot. I don't <laughs> I, know what's I, I read. I read not only the description of that film, uh, but also like the impetus behind it, like why Chris Pratt wanted to do the movie. And I'm just like, you know what? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know that. I'm good. Oh, I don't know that. I have to find that yeah, out. Yeah. So uh, apparently, Chris Pratt wanted to do the Tomorrow War because there wasn't enough movies that spoke to blue collar regular guys like, like him. him yeah like him yes. uh, all right shut up yo, shut up <laughs> like i didn't hate that movie it was a bad movie but i didn't hate it i kind of hate it now yeah i kind of hate it now like i said i i i've, I've had like if it, unless you're going to do it tongue-in-cheek i've had just about enough of like fucking gun humping like military fucking bravado like fuck you know america fuck yeah type films yeah, I get it. Like, I don't mind movies like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind them. But at the same time, like, like, I don't take it super seriously. Whereas and if I feel like the people that are in the movie take it way too seriously, then it turns me off. Yeah, it turns me off. You know, oh, he's a he's a he's a scientist, a former soldier turned scientist. All right. All right. All right. All right. Shut up, Chris Pratt. <laughs> um, nobody likes you. Uh, and then you get the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. And if that's not enough, which it isn't, go to densepixels.com slash premium for $5 a month or $50 for the full year. You get access to the premium slave podcasts, including the airing of grievances, No Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues, which uh, fans of this show will, uh, will really appreciate uh, the latest episode of The Men with the Golden Tongues, all about Metal Gear Solid. Uh, and we will talk a little bit more about Hideo Kojima uh, later on. I have a question that I would like to post, Brad, uh, that I feel like I may have asked you this already, but, uh, <laughs> but, I, but I can't remember. Uh, upstage conversation and the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Guess what? The full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast is out right now. You can listen on to it time. right now. You can listen to it right yes. now. You should probably wait until after this show. But yes. then you can go listen to that show. I haven't I, listened to it yet. I guarantee I you that we are the only show in the political universe <laughs> that compared uh, Texas gubernatorial hopeful Alan West and also noted GOP crazy person Alan West to Fireball from the Running Man movie. <laughs> if that's not worth your five dollars this month i don't know what could be <sighs> yes densepixels.com slash premium uh to to paraphrase from the who uh meet the new switch same as the old switch <laughs> nintendo released uh finally released details about the new nintendo switch uh that is coming this october for 349 U.S. dollars, which is $50 more than the current Nintendo Switch that's out on the market. Uh, it happens to coincide with the same day that Metroid Dread is releasing. Uh, here's what's new about the console. So you're going to be able to essentially get an OLED screen. The screen is slightly bigger. Uh, it's a 7-inch screen. The system itself is not 
much bigger. Uh, they just made the bezel around the edge of the screen smaller, which I like, by the way. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, it's going to have 64 gigabytes of internal storage. Uh, it's going to have a wired Ethernet port on the dock. It's going to have, quote, enhanced audio from the system's internal speakers and 64 gigs of internal storage and a kickstand that actually works. <laughs> oh, a wide kickstand. Yeah, which which is, which is a huge plus, a huge plus. Uh, and they do say that the Joy-Cons uh, from the old Nintendo Switch will be compatible with the uh, with the new Nintendo Switch. Uh, in addition to the normal red and black Joy-Con color that's been around for a long time, there's also going to be uh, a system coming with a white dock and white Joy-Con controllers, which looks very clean, but I'd imagine we'll also get very dirty. So... Be be very scared about that. Um, but that's it. That's that's all the new stuff. Uh, the internals are pretty much identical. There's no enhancement to the CPU or GPU on the system. Uh, there's no enhancement to the resolution that it can output in dock mode. A lot of people were speculating that you might see a 4K uh, switch when docked. No, it's still going to be 1080p. The handheld itself will still be 720p by default. Um. So, yeah, very much the same, just a very incremental upgrade, which, as people have pointed out, is pretty much Nintendo's M.O. in most cases. Like, like people were expecting this, like, super deluxe, like, new Nintendo Switch that was going to be a huge step above. But if you go back in Nintendo's history, they've typically done very small quality of life upgrades. And that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I... um. The, uh, you know, I'm not mad at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I see some some people who are really mad at it, and um, you know, this this isn't for you. Yeah. Uh, if you already have a switch, this is not for you. This is for people who don't have a switch. Yeah, but see, and, what's uh, what's funny though, you say that, but I get the feeling that Nintendo actually does kind of want to sell this to people that already have a switch. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they like, do. like, like, they, like I, I think mean, that's they, their preferred their preferred buying group. Is like, hey, you have sure. a switch already? Buy double dip. Let's buy again. Well, sure. I mean, they've they've. They, I mean, they're the pioneers of making systems in different colors so that people <laughs> will buy them all. Right? Like, like I'm not saying that. I'm just I'm letting people know as a as a friend as a person who has a history of just throwing money at companies for every latest little thing. I'm telling you, like, I'm not going to get this. And, and just because it's not enough of a, uh, of an upgrade, I don't play my switch in uh, handheld mode unless I absolutely have to. <laughs> and I haven't done that in, in over a year, about a year and a half. I haven't had to do that. Um, and and there's no like there's no like I would I would want some improvements in the docked mode mm-hmm. for me to for me to shell out some some more money. Yeah, um, my my knee jerk reaction was to be like, well, I guess I'm going to spend three hundred fifty dollars. And then and then once I read the the details, I was just like, I I I I really shouldn't I really shouldn't buy this. Like 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 if my Joy Cons are getting a little long in the tooth, which they are. Um, I should just buy new Joy-Cons because this mm-hmm. this is not an upgrade. This is this is very much a side grade. Um, as much as I would love the OLED screen and the sleeker look, just because again, I'm I love I love bezel-less or 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 small bezel screens like 
sexy. It's sexy. That's why yeah. I like an iPad Pro over a regular iPad. Um, yeah. it's not enough. It's it's not enough to to warrant the uh the expenditure. So if they ever do come out with like a legitimate Switch Two or Switch Pro or pick whatever your misnomer, you. yeah. Please God no. <laughs> if they if they ever do come out with a actual upgrade to the Nintendo Switch, I think I'll be there for that. I don't think I'm going to be there for this. And apparently, this is going to replace the existing Nintendo Switch gradually. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to run two two SKUs, uh, which makes sense. So yeah. this so this I guess is technically the first time in history that we've ever seen the mid-generation price increase as opposed to the price decrease <laughs> that you typically see. Like, the Switch is so popular. And it's like, we're going to charge you more for it than, than we did. <laughs> if you were an early adopter, congratulations. You got it for cheap. Uh, that's funny. So is the uh is the so I'm assuming the light is still going to be available like there's still not yeah, not yeah the, switch, the, the light. switch light is still going to very much be a thing because that that that's a that's a appealing to a completely different audience I feel like yeah which yeah. which my wife loves hers by the way like she she yeah. adores her switch light so so that's all she wants is to be able to play play that stuff in handheld mode put it in her purse sit on the couch she didn't want to do oh, yeah. all that docking and whatnot so it's it's fantastic for that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima has joined my least favorite club, uh, and that is putting out game editions that are called the Director's Cut. However, uh, the Director's Cut for Ghost of Tsushima is actually more like a Ghost of Tsushima expansion uh, that's coming out. So it's releasing on August 20th. It's going to be $69.99. It's going to be available for both PS5 and PS4. Uh, It's going to come with every piece of content that they've sold for the game to date, but they're also going to have new stuff in the game as well, including a whole new island uh, that you'll be able to explore, along with a new chapter in in Jin's uh, quest in Ghost of Shishima, which is pretty great. Uh, there'll be trophies that come along with it as well. Uh, if you just want to upgrade your PS4 copy of Ghost of Tsushima to PS5 without the extra content, you could do that for 10 bucks. However, if you have a PS5 and you already own Ghost of Tsushima for PS4, uh, you can upgrade to the Director's Cut Edition on PS5 uh, for 30 bucks. Which Japanese lip sync. Yeah, that's, that's all I need. Neat. That's all I needed to see, man. Yeah. That's all I needed to see. Yep. Uh, um. Okay. I Yeah. When I saw that, like, we're releasing the game again and it's going to be $70. I'm like, mm, I don't, I'm not buying it, but they're, they're also, uh, so they're enhancing 3d audio on PS five, which is cool. They're going to be using the haptic, uh, feedback and adaptive triggers on PS five. They're going to develop for that, which is neat. Uh, drastically improved load times and 4k 60, which I think the PS four version actually runs at 4k 60 on PS five anyway. So, yeah. um, yeah, now that I know you can uh now that I know you can upgrade my existing um copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a no-brainer for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, we will be uh we will be buying this uh post haste and yeah. playing it uh as soon as available. And like I said, if I get if I get uh seven or eight hours of gameplay out of this, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, this will give me a perfect excuse to go back and play this this wonderful game. Yeah, absolutely. 
And again, like like they spaced it out from the original release enough that I'm ready. I'll I'll be ready for more, but not a lot more. Like it's not like Batman where it's like they release shit every two years, and I'm still kind of full on it. Like I'm I like I, I could use a couple hours of adventuring in Ghost yeah. of Tsushima. So yeah, pretty good deal. Uh, the Hideo Kojima news that Micah alluded to earlier in the show reportedly talks between Hideo Kojima and Xbox are currently underway with Xbox trying to secure some kind of a publishing deal with Hideo Kojima. Uh, according to VentureBeat, a letter of intent between the two has been signed while they hash out the legal terms of the deal. Uh, and then Phil Sensor is just teasing everybody by displaying like a Kojima figurine on his shelf when he's doing like interviews and, and shit like that, like Kojima Productions uh, figurine. So we don't know anything about what it is they are looking at. Uh, reportedly also, uh, Microsoft hired Kim Swift specifically to work on Kojima's project, which is going to be somehow cloud-based like not like oh you can play on x cloud but like the game will actually use like cloud processing in some way shape or form again this is all reported um and also notably that it's not like kojima is turning his back on playstation he'll just be working on a deal to make something exclusively for xbox as well so still kind of remaining a free agent but not really you know but still working with playstation to put out stuff for death stranding and whatever else he would have coming down the pipe for them. Um, a lot of people had a lot of really strong reactions to what to me is a surprising story, but also like a banal story at the same time. Like I get that it's surprising just because Kojima is so intrinsically linked with PlayStation because of the success of metal gear and then eventually death stranding as well, that he's kind of been synonymous with PlayStation in a lot of ways. But he, if Microsoft's doing interesting stuff and you're him, a guy who yeah. is like, and like the closest thing we have to an auteur in this industry, you're going to, you're going to look at it and work and find a way to work with them in some way, shape or form. I, I feel like that, that this is, this shouldn't be that surprising to people, but some people are really like, oh my God, like, like freaking out about it. I mean, that's just the nature of like the world we live in where everything is territorial and everything is you are either PlayStation or Xbox, mm -hmm. like, and never the twain shall meet. And, um, <laughs> it, it just it, like, like nobody, like nobody in business thinks like that. There, there, there is no Marvel versus DC rivalry at Marvel and DC. They don't care. They're taking ideas from one another. That's why every DC and or Marvel character has a DC and or has a Marvel and or DC like doppelganger. That's why there's a Thanos and a dark side. That's why there's a Doctor Strange and a Doctor Fate, right? Like they're all just taking ideas from each other. They work together. So I don't, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that people are flipping out about this but i don't i don't know why especially because they there's no real meat on this story yet right like there's nothing really to talk about like if 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 kojima came out and was just like you know throwing up gang sign x's and shit and it's just like yo xbox all day b nah fuck playstation 
fuck them just like fuck Konami, right? Like, nah, yo, he's not, he's not doing that. There's nothing, there's nothing here yet. Um, now in terms of what Kojima could possibly do, I mean, I look, I'm not going to lie. I'm curious, but I'm not curious as like excited for what he's going to do. I'm curious to see what kind of batshit crazy idea he's going to come up with. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what I like. That's what I appreciate that man for is he. I think I asked this question a long time ago, Uh but I'll ask it again. Is he the M. Night Shyamalan of the video game industry? Um, I don't know if you have asked this question before. I don't know if he's the M. Night Shyamalan of the video game industry. Allow me to pose a video game comparison to you about Hideo Kojima. Is or is not Hideo Kojima the, like, bizarro, successful version of Peter Molyneux? Yeah, yeah, because like they're both kind of arrogant guys, but mm-hmm. only one of them has like the the credit to back it up. Yeah. Whereas Peter Molyneux is just like, oh, you can hold hands with the criminals that you take to prison and fable. Like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a I think that's a very I think that's a very apt comparison. The only reason I made the M Night Shyamalan reference, you know, is that. At one point, Newsweek anointed Shyamalan as the next Steven Spielberg, right? Was, like was he had this, put out. Was this like right after Sixth Sense came out? This was right after Signs came out, okay. which I think was his third movie. Gotcha. And they anointed him the next Spielberg. That's a pretty big. That's that's a pretty big compliment. Well, no matter and, what and you also, think about, Steven and also Spielberg. kind of stupid because Spielberg is. Not not to go on a movie tangent, but in terms of directors, Spielberg is like wholly unique. Like like there's no one that quite does what he does in Hollywood, past or present, and probably future to that extent. Like like he's such a he he's he's unique. Like I don't I don't really know what to say it. Like he's only he can make the movies that he makes. Right. You know what I mean? And 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 that is a huge like that is a huge anointment. That is a yeah. huge compliment to pay to someone. And I think we have done that in the video game industry. No, you know, you know, who Ko- you know, Kojima. Who Kojima is honestly, like if you want a film comparison, he he's Guillermo del Toro. He he's, he's that. Okay. Which is probably not a coincidence that he had, he was, like, like, like I think of del Toro much more, than I think of when I think of Kojima because both guys have the ability to take weird shit and get it as close to mainstream as possible. Yeah. And and can make big blockbusters but can also make like art house shit at the same time. Okay. I'll give all right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That uh yeah, that is a better comparison. Cause uh yeah, man. Like, yeah, Sh- I, like, like yeah, Sh- Shyamalan like had a couple hits and then got high in his own supply and just and just kind of started, <laughs> you know, just getting real out there. And, yeah, and just started making. I, I feel like he started making movies for him, and a lot. But of people, I kind of, but I kind of feel like that's what Death Stranding is, right? Like, like I, I and maybe look, I haven't played Death Stranding, mm-hmm. but 
from everything that I've read and everything that I've seen, let me ask uh, you. Let me ask you this question: When Death Stranding inevitably is free on PlayStation Plus, I'll will try. You, will you play it? Okay. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, th- like his stuff isn't like this. Isn't like some some you know petty uh, uh, No Man's Sky thing. <laughs> This is just something that this is something that like I don't think I'm gonna like this and I don't want to pay for it. I don't think I'm gonna like this mailman simulator and I don't want to pay for it. But like I'm very curious to see what Daryl is doing carrying, you know, 500 Amazon packages on his back with a fetus uh, in, in his arm cradling it like a football. Like I'm I'm curious about that. Like Maz Mickelson is in this thing. Like, what? What? Why are these big actors into this stuff? Like, I'm curious, but I don't want to. Pay I, I would. I would argue that Maz Mickelson is a bigger coup to achieve as an actor <laughs> more than Norman Reedus in your game. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a lot Norman Reedus would do for like a steak dinner. Like, I, I get, I get, <laughs> I get that he made Walking Dead, but I feel like there's a lot of projects he could rope Norman Reedus into that Maz Mickelson was turned his nose up at. <laughs> holy shit uh speaking of playstation there is a state of play uh on thursday this week uh that's gonna be broadcast at 5 p.m eastern 2 p.m pacific it's gonna be about 30 minutes long uh looking at a bunch of indie and third-party titles however there's also gonna be a 10-minute look uh at death loop as part of the state of play it's gonna be the primary focus so i am looking very forward to that uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to this because I haven't quite gotten on the uh, Deathloop bandwagon yet. Did you not? And did you not uh, pay attention to any of the press coverage that I told you not to pay attention to? Um, a couple weeks bits ago? and pieces of it. Yeah. Like it seems incredibly interesting. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know if I would I don't know if I would play it though. Like I feel like. Like like jumping into someone else's game, like someone else jumping into my game. I mean, I know you could turn that off, mm-hmm. but yeah. Well, I guess you could turn it off. Yeah, I have I have no excuse. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm I'm curious, man. I'm I'm curious. I, I haven't I haven't jumped on board yet. So I'm one curious. one of the other reasons that Persona has been better than I thought it was is even if it's not something that jives with me personally for some reason i am a really big fan when a video game developer takes a takes a takes an angle on a specific style and mm-hmm. just drapes their game in it and i think that's one of the reasons that one of the things i'm digging about deathloop is that arcane is is making a very purposeful stylist choice in that game and it's very interesting and like I said, it like like I, now that being said, like I I dig on that style. Like like when I see Deathloop, I think of like uh uh fucking Man from Uncle. Like when we reviewed that, yeah. like that kind of that kind of like sixties ish type of style. And I'm yeah. and I'm a big fan of that stuff. Um, but like in Persona, like I'm not like I wouldn't say that I'm like a big you know proponent of the style that they happen to use, but just the fact that they lean so hard into it just makes the game more, especially visually interesting. Um, yeah, you appreciate the fact that they're taking this big swing, right? It's for not, you, it's not. For it's you. not. It's not like a Souls game where, you know, the style of the game is dark. 
<laughs> like, like, yeah. like, like, it's just, oh, it's dark and it's, and it's kind of gothic, but not really like it's, you know, medieval fantasy. Like that's, that feels generic to me. Like pick, yeah. pick an angle. Like if, if they did a souls game that was, you know, like, like a hyper modern, like, sci- like, you know, near future, like cyber punk style type of thing. Like that would probably be way more interesting. To me. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm not talking about the surge, like not that style, like post-apocalyptic, <laughs> but like a, like a cyberpunky style of, of dark souls, like from software made that game. I'd play that game. Yeah. So I, I think my biggest thing with death, with death loop is that I have not gotten into any of the other arcane games. Like none of them have just been like, Oh, I got to play this game, even though like I recognize that they are reviewed very well. I just there's something about it. And look, maybe it was because of the whole like like the the style of Dishonored, right? It was very steampunk. And I'm just not into that. Well, see, Dishonored. So like I played about a third of the first Dishonored and I don't know, like I think Metal Gear ruined me so much on what I expect stealth games to be that when a game is not like that and it's a stealth game, I can't like get down with it and and death loop is not a stealth game like like death loop is a fun fast-paced shooter yeah which looks fun so we'll see what happens with that uh former bioware uh producer mark dara uh no longer with the company gave an interview where he talked about a number of mass effect spinoff games uh, that made that made it through various stages of prototyping, but never really got off the ground. Uh, the most notable one being a Mass Effect spinoff for the Nintendo DS that never saw the light of day. It was called Mass Effect Corsair. It would have been a first-person adventure game uh, where you kind of like pirate around the the lawless regions of the galaxy. Um, I'm not upset that this game didn't happen because when you tell me first-person adventure game and Nintendo Switch. <laughs> uh, I'm not excited about that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm into uh, anything Mass Effect. I, I, you know, I would, I would give it a shot. But um, I feel like this is one of those things that where you know there's a reason why it didn't make it, mm-hmm. and I'm glad for that. Um. Yeah, I. Plus, Jacob was a Corsair, and Jacob's lame, so I don't want to. I don't want to be lame as Jacob. <laughs> Apparently, there was also a uh, a spinoff game that Bioware Montreal was developing, uh, which was going to be a first person multiplayer game uh, that would have been download only. It would have featured uh, on foot combat and vehicles, and and eventually that got spun off into what we got in Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. So again, I feel like. Probably something that's more uh, authentic to what the franchise is in that regard. So these are two games I'm not necessarily uh, upset yeah. that we that we didn't get to see. Yeah. Uh, finally, hackers gonna do dumb shit. So apparently, uh, the community in Titanfall One uh, is pretty rough right now on PC, where there's hackers galore like crazy. And Respawn hasn't been doing too much about it, possibly because they have, you know, two other multiplayer games that are way more popular than Titanfall 1 to worry about working on that game too terribly much. So in an effort to get Respawn to pay attention, some hackers who I guess are aggrieved by hacking in Titanfall 1 decided to hack Apex Legends 
Oh, <laughs> to, <damn. laughs> to, to wake some people up. Uh, if you logged into Apex on PC uh, as recently as yesterday, instead of the typical playlist, you'll get a URL that's called Save Titanfall. That says Save Titanfall.com. Titanfall one is being attacked. So is Apex. <laughs> and there's a, and you get a message at the end of every match apparently that requests that players visit and repost Save Titanfall. Dot com because again the community has apparently been beleaguered uh by hacking for the last several years wow i um, mean that's that's certainly a thing that you can do yeah yeah um i guess uh it, let's write a wrong with a wrong i guess um <laughs> yeah no wow i can't i uh, i can't imagine well, and, uh, and, and here's what's fucked up. So, like, we we talk about stories like this all the time. And we don't really, like, we think about these companies and these studios as these, like, monolithic entities. And we forget sometimes that there are actual people that work at these places. And so, as a result of this... So Ryan Rigney um, is the director of communications at Respawn, and he sent out a tweet that was tweeting out an article from the from a website called The Gamer, which had a, they post an article. The headline says, "Congrats, Titanfall hackers! You made a bunch of devs work on a Sunday." And what Ryan Rigney said in talking about this article is, "Nobody wants to hear devs complain when when DDoS attacks are still a problem we haven't solved." But this article is right. I was holding my newborn nephew when I found out about the Apex hack, had to hand him back, go to work, and miss out on a day with my family. Jesus. Like, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, man. Like, that's it kind is. of fucked up. And and I would imagine that those hackers are were probably like, well, good, fuck that guy. Like, like if he's not fixing our game, then, you know, then, then fuck them. And what's funny is that a couple weeks ago, Respawn acknowledged that Titanfall was in a bad state, and then they will look at fixing it. But as Rigney points out, and this is 100% true, DDoS attacks are difficult to stop, especially on a game. And, and, and to, I don't know if Titanfall works this way. I know Destiny 2 did. But if the game is set up for peer-to-peer, -peer, it's really difficult to, 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 to cut that shit out. It just is. Um... And and again, like like his last tweet in this change, in this chain, he says the team has never stopped working on this, and any cheat strategies are a never ending game of whack a mole. We will solve this. When I promise you, it won't. Be, when we do, I promise you, it's not going to be because hackers made us aware by ruining a holiday. They achieve nothing of value besides just inconveniencing us. Yeah, yeah, you have to treat people like that um, who. I, I mean, I hate to use the word entitled, but like th that's I can't think of a better word for it. Y you know, you're not you're not you're not owed anything, guys. Like I I don't know. It, it, it It's it's just like you said, it's just fucked up all the way around. Yeah. Um. Well, and, yeah. and again, like it's there's a cliche. That's, you know about hacking in, in general is that, you know, the hackers are always, you know, five steps ahead of the people that are patching behind them. 
Mm-hmm. And that's true because you're having to react to the things that the, to the tactics that they're using while they're developing new tactics. So as soon as you solve for the one problem, they probably have another problem that you now need to to solve for. So the yeah. people that are doing the attacking are always going to be on the upper foot. It is very difficult, especially for games with these huge online platforms. Um, and it's super frustrating. Like I've been a guy that's been super frustrated with. DDoS attacks in Destiny. Like, like I can't tell. Like, I was literally one match away from earning my Luna's Hal in comp. Like, getting getting to getting to legend rank in comp in Destiny. Mm-hmm. And all I needed to do was win one more match because I was on a winning streak. And if I knew if I won one more match, I would get it. And I got fucking DDoS in that match, and 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 lost <laughs> out, broke my win streak. I was fucking pissed. I Yo. was so mad. But I didn't like yell at Bungie about it. Like I was mad at the dude that hacked me. Like 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 ha- people in Titanfall are right to be upset about it, and they're right to be upset with respawn to some extent for being slow in fixing it. But at the same time, like your ire should go to the people that are causing your bad time. Respawn's not causing your bad time. They're doing the best they can. But you also have to acknowledge that not not to be too flip about this, but old game is old. Like 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 Titanfall seven <laughs> I mean- years old. <laughs> Apex is what is what's making their money right now, and Titanfall Two also has multiplayer that is probably more popular than Titanfall One. And the point that hackers made is, well, they're still selling this game on Steam; it's still going on sale. People are still buying it. They should still be taking care of it. And you're right, but if you expect that to be a priority from a resource standpoint, it just isn't. And I don't know what the right solution there is. Do they take down Titanfall? And say, you know what? We don't have the resources to dedicate to this correctly. So rather than leave a broken game up, we're going to just take it down and focus on the game that we can, you know, the games we can provide resources for. I don't know what the right answer is there. I really don't. I, I, uh, I probably would. Um, I this wouldn't this wouldn't make me want to rush to fix the original Titanfall. This would make me want to shut down Titanfall servers. And just not, just not worry about it. I can't remember if Titanfall had a. I think it had a single player component. No, Titan, Titanfall One famously does not. It is it is all multiplayer. Well, guess what? I think it might be time to to. I would I would. Ha- it would make me want to hang up Titanfall. It would make me want to just cut my losses, mm-hmm. whatever losses those are. Well, and, now you say it's not even losses. Like Titanfall right. is a massively successful game. Right. And and it would make me just want to say, all right, well, you know, to to, to the mothballs with you. So, I, yeah, nah, man, stop. The, like, I, I, I hate to be dramatic, but this is a form of terrorism, right? Like, I, I feel like that's probably pushing it a little. A little sure. But I understand. It's, it's, terrorism it's, it's, it's weird right that word. this is this is the most. uh like there's I don't know if there's such a thing as altruistic hacking, but like this is not like hacking with the intention of being a dick. Like this is like a cry for help almost. <laughs> like Yeah, but like, but at the same, but at the same time at you're the same being time. a dick. Like 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 you're being a dick inherently because that's just how hacking works. Yeah, like I can't I can't I, I cannot uh much like Tommy Lee Jones to Jim Carrey, I I, I cannot abide this buffoonery. I can't sanction this buffoonery. Like it just, I can't, I can't do it. Like I understand what they're doing, mm. and I, but like, 
I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't, I don't feel I, I, there isn't a game that's like, I'm, I'm so into that is so reliant on like servers and stuff mm. like that. Like, this is literally the only thing I play. And uh, so I'm, I'm having a hard time putting myself into that situation. Uh, I'm having a much easier time putting myself, uh, empathizing with the people that have to fix this crap. Yeah. So, um, anyway, speaking of crap, you can buy a bunch of crap on Amazon through densepixels.com slash Amazon. Uh, what I bought isn't, uh, isn't crap. Uh, at least not through all the research that I've done. I, uh, I recently purchased a new camera. Mm-hmm. I figured it's, uh, I figured it's time to upgrade. I got myself a Sony a 6100, mm. uh, camera, uh, with, a and I got a capture card and, uh, and I'm going to hopefully have a new, I'm going to use that as the camera that, oh, man, that you're going to see. You're going to have like a, like the sickest, uh, the sickest cam display <laughs> on, on the stream. Yeah. Yeah. Soon. I can't, uh, I can't wait to get all this stuff set up and then just to not stream on it. Uh, just only use it for, uh, this show and the other shows that I'm on. So, uh, we'll see, but yeah, you can go buy yourself. A nice Sony camera at densepixels.com slash Amazon. Uh, it's a little birthday present to myself because that's what you do when you're over 40. You, you get you you buy this. You buy your birthday presents. I found because- that I'm more of a uh, more of a Canon guy when it comes to when it comes to cameras. What I, what I would actually like, I'd like to try some of the Fuji cameras mm-hmm. that they have out there, but they are just ungodly. Price. yeah <laughs> yeah this is uh this is i'm still a very much uh i'm still very much an amateur um i i you know i'm just dabbling but um i had a nikon for a while and uh but it's it's getting long in the tooth and it's not doing things that i it doesn't have like wi-fi built in and stuff like that oh, man. so you really yeah it's an, it's, <laughs> yeah so so i figured it was time God, to God, I, I had i had an s i had a canon sl2 that i upgraded recently just because i was just like man like i feel like this is i'm starting to fall behind a little bit i got it i got a, uh, i got an m5 and i was like that was a small upgrade but, but you, were, you were just like living in the dark ages so <laughs> yeah man so i was like all right it's time it's time so go to densepixels.com slash amazon for all of your uh, camera kidding needs. So the big story this week, uh, we check in with our boy uh, Jason Schreier of Bloomberg News, uh, the only real journalist in the game, in the games industry. And uh, apparent, so a, a lot of independent game developers went on Twitter to complain about one company in particular when it comes to their treatment uh, from a specific games uh, platform, and that platform, believe it or not, is Sony. Uh, here's some of the grievances that they that they have aired. Uh, they say sometimes contacts at Sony could take weeks or months to respond to questions if they even have contacts at all. Uh, indie games are very difficult to find on the PlayStation Store. They're not curated very well. And many marketing folks have to actually pay uh, for prime placement on the PlayStation Store to get their games more noticed uh they say this is in stark contrast to 
Microsoft and Nintendo, uh, who's shown, according to them, more of a willingness to support and work with indie developers. And these are not people that were speaking behind anonymity. About six people actually took went on their actual Twitter accounts under their real pr- public profiles wow. uh, to talk about this stuff. Uh, many others did so anonymously through gaming press outlets. And a lot of folks had a lot of stuff to say uh, on on other forums and things of that nature. Uh, basically, a Taiwanese-based developer named Ian Gardner um, kind of name-checked Sony stealthily, called it Platform X, um, and he later confirmed to Bloomberg that it is it is PlayStation. He basically says that, quote, I have no idea how to succeed on this platform, and they won't tell me. Um so and essentially and apparently like other indie devs say that, you know, only fractions of their game sales are on PlayStation. Uh, one problem they said is that other platforms are a lot more flexible when it comes to allowing the games to go on sale. Uh, he said that on Microsoft and Nintendo's platforms, he can sell games at a discount every couple of weeks uh, without too much effort where PlayStation does not allow that option. Now, something that Bloomberg has reported on previously or Jason Schreier has reported previously is that PlayStation's focus has been to prioritize bigger blockbuster games, like bigger AAA games. And that has come at the expense of smaller teams. So it makes sense why this is happening, but it's very interesting because when the PS4 released part of its success was propelled by the relationships that they forged with indie developers and and released a lot of indie games on the platform. So it's kind of interesting to see it start to swing back the other direction. And if you look at sales breakdown, so far and away the biggest indie platform of the big three, not counting PC, which is kind of its own thing, uh, is by is far and away the Switch, which I don't think should come as a surprise to anybody. Shockingly, the Xbox is second. Like I, I I'm I'm shocked at that considering the just the discrepancy in the amount of PlayStations that are available compared to the number of Xboxes. Uh, what are your thoughts about Sony and its apparent snubbing in many ways of a lot of indie folks? Yeah, like you said, I'm a little surprised. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm not, like you said, I'm not surprised about the Switch. I mean, you just look at the store. Mm-hmm. Um uh, uh, and I'm not too terribly surprised about um, Xbox. If you like, I still don't like Xbox's interface, mm-hmm. but if you fumble around in that store, you're going to see a lot of stuff there. And they do a pretty decent job of, of recommending things like, hey, you played Dark Alliance for some stupid reason. So you might you might like this garbage. Um, but but um, I always thought that the that the playstation was always a always like this uh for a bit like not difficult to work with for indie devs mm-hmm. but i always found the playstation store to be a little uh, messy if you were trying to find something um or or to 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 have your games be noticed mm-hmm. through their store it, it, it just doesn't um and I, maybe maybe I'm just not conditioned to look for those things, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I generally do play the 
the big budget, like high end triple A blockbuster games on my PlayStation. Um, So I'm not going out and looking for indie stuff and maybe they've done a good job of training me for that. Mm -hmm. But, but on the off chance that I do buy an indie game on, on the PlayStation, it's not just like there, like, I've had to look for it. Yeah, and that's I'm, I'm in the same boat where when I do I when now that like we think about it, when I do buy indies on PlayStation, like you said, I I tend to be it tends to be ones that I navigate towards and not necessarily yeah. navigate to me. So I pulled up on my phone the PlayStation app. So let's just take a look at the front page of the PlayStation Store right now. So not and and this picking like one random day might not be the best example, just because, um, you know. It's not like this is a strong release week, but like the right. very top thing that you see is is Rift Apart featured right. prominently, which makes sense. But then if you look down at the next six games, you see World of Tanks, G.I. Joe expansion, Scarlet Nexus, the Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, the Avengers uh, new shit that's <laughs> right. coming out, Black Desert, which is in, not really an indie game, and then an advertisement for the DualSense controller. Right. Like and and, you know, I get it. I get it. You know, this isn't a case of the cream rising to the top. Uh, this is a case of like big names. Yeah. Uh, big buoys rising to the top. Right. Because that Avengers game is not that great. It isn't. And as much as I, you know, have fun at the expense of like indie games, I don't hate indie games. I, I actually find a lot of them quite charming. I just, um, you know, I, I have fun with the stereotype of yeah. them being, you know, uh, 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 pixel art, you know, games that I played in the eighties, and and that's not that's not for me. But a lot of them are really good. Well, and, and but I can I can't find them on PlayStation. What's interesting? So, like the Switch Store is a great juxtaposition for this. So the Switch Store kind of attacks this on two fronts. The first one is if you go to the news section. Like, let me let me just bust out my Switch real quick and go to the news section on the Switch. So we're just doing a cold, you know, cold on air test. So Nintendo will often feature like different themes and kind of group them together of different games that you can check out for like, here's, here's games that go boom, like literally games that go boom. And it's a, it's a bit of a mix. Like, like you see, like here's Super Mario world, here's Astral Chain, here's Doom Eternal, but there's also Wave Break on this list. There, there's like some other indie games as well that are listed alongside these games. Um, if you are looking at like crossplay games, for example, so let's look at their list of crossplay games. Uh, again, like we're indies on here. Among Us, uh, Killer Queen Black is is featured. Overcooked, Fantasy Strike, like, and these are games that are being you know advertised alongside Minecraft and Fortnite and 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 things of that nature as well. Yeah, that's what you got to do, yeah. man. Like you got to you got to really give people options. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and then and then the other thing to do, so like if you go to the deal section in the Switch eShop, the default way that the that the information is sorted is by featured games. And what are featured games in the Switch eShop? Well, they're the games that are selling the most. So, like, if an indie if an indie developer does like a huge discount on their game, and everyone goes and buys it, it floats that game up to the top of the list. 
so that more people will see it. So if you do decide to take a gamble and sell your game at a steep discount, you will make up for it. You'll, you'll make up for the revenue that you're losing on each sale of the game just by selling sheer numbers of copies. Mm. And so I, a lot of indie developers like to do that. And, and, I, and I also agree with them, too, that it does not seem like that there's as many sales on certain games on PlayStation as regularly as you see them on the Switch. Like, PlayStation seems to do, like, a big sale every, like, eight weeks or so, and you'll get a lot of indie games that will be lumped up in there. But it's not like a consistent like on off on off kind of thing where like it's on sale for a week and then, you know, it goes back up for a few weeks and then it goes back down again and kind of kind of back and forth. Like how many games have I talked about on this podcast that I bought on the switch that's like, hey, you know, I caught this on a sale or, you know, here's how much it normally costs, but it goes on sale all the time. So check it out then kind of stuff. Right. The thing I find interesting about this is that I think in the short term. This doesn't bother Sony at all because. They do dine out on the $60 AAA blockbusters, no doubt. And the $70 AAA blockbusters now. Like, like yeah. they're dining out. They're selling systems because of them. And that's fine. But I think that long term, this is harmful. And we talked about this when the PlayStation 4 came around. And they made a concerted effort to get in more partnerships with indie developers. And I, and do you remember, Mike? I don't know if you do, but remember when ID at Xbox or Xbox, whatever Xbox called their indie game program beforehand. And there's a lot of consternation that they made, that Microsoft made you sign, like, you know, these exclusive deals. Like, if you wanted to publish your game on Xbox, you had to give, you know, you have to sign an exclusive agreement with them for at least a period of time. And a lot of indie developers are like, well, I don't really like that. I want to be able to sell on multiple platforms. So I'm just going to work with PlayStation. And and they got a lot of indies like to come on board in the PlayStation 4, especially in the early days of the PlayStation 4 era, and forged a lot of partnerships that they hadn't forged before. And I do think that that was part of their success. Now, obviously, the paradigm shifted once the Switch hit the market and became like the perfect machine for these small scale indie games. Like that's my preferred machine to play them on all yeah. the time now. But I feel like long term, like you are seeding some of this market to Microsoft, Microsoft especially, that you weren't seeding before. Because Microsoft now can come along and not only say, hey, not only will we give you a fantastic platform to play on, but we'll buy your game to put it on Game Pass and give you probably more revenue than you would have earned by selling the game normally and get a lot more people to play it if you want to go this route. And that's yeah. why I think you're seeing them get deals with like, you know, Drinkbox Studios, formerly a developer that worked hand in glove with PlayStation, is now putting a game on Xbox and PC exclusively. And you see a lot of other developers that, you know, they're coming to Xbox and PC first and they're coming to Xbox on Game Pass. So Sony doesn't have that to compete with it. But I, I, I guess not having a marketplace that's curated to allow these games to breathe is not doing them any favors. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have some sort of um you got to let people you got to let people like know, right? Like and I I understand that a lot of indies, you know, they want their independence until like somebody really makes them a, a like a like a really big offer, right? Like I mean, they got to I get I, I don't know. I got I feel like Microsoft is a little more willing to be like, "Hey, we want to we want to buy you guys." Mm -hmm. right like 
Sony, I, you know, I, I feel like it's an arms race and, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, Sony does need to do a better job of, of, of showing, of, of advertising these games. I'm not even saying you gotta like, you know, make them go on sale or anything, but Mm -hmm. like, let them know that they exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like give real suggestions, right? Well, and, like, and like I said, I think that boils down to just letting your letting those games kind of float up to the top of the page as much as possible when it's apt to do so. And that kind of runs counter to how the PlayStation Store is set up, because while the PlayStation Store on the PS5 is much cleaner than it was on the PS4, then but the problem is that you have these large like title cards that you can't fit very many on the page at a time. So you're relying on people to do a lot of scrolling and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. Now, that being said, there's a few developers out there that have been like, look, if you can't figure out how to, how to sell your game on this platform that has an install base, you know, well and above any other console out there, then that's not a PlayStation problem. That's a you problem. And I get that to some extent. Uh, I mean, but like these, these, they they don't have these huge marketing budgets, right? Man. Like, right. like I, I just put a bunch of, uh, I just happened to be walking through, walking, just browsing through the Nintendo eShop, and I found like three games that I just put on my wish list that I'm waiting to come out because I, because um, it's like, oh hey, I remember that. That's the studio that did Battle Chasers. They're coming out with a new game, yeah, that I, I didn't know about, right? And, and, but the, but the, the switch made it easy for me to find it. Whereas that game might be coming out on PlayStation. I don't know. I haven't seen it. You know, I'm on the, I'm on the store right now. Ratchet and Clank, Call of Duty Warzone, Demon Souls, PlayStation Plus, the monthly game ad, and, um, uh, a pre-order for a game coming out, uh, Demon Slayer. That's that's what that's the first thing you see when you open up the PlayStation Store, and then what's hot? Scarlet Nexus, another big game. Doom Eternal, PlayStation console exclusives. Like, how far do I have to go down? Featured. Oh, okay. Here's the featured section. They're all PlayStation features. Ratchet right. and Clank, uh, 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 Neo Two, Neo One, like Fall Guys. That's the first indie game that I see, and. You don't, it's just not, it's like you said, it's clean, but there's no way you'd be able to find anything unless you're specifically looking for it. I mean, I feel like that the solution here for PlayStation is you make an Indies tab, right? Like you just make a separate Indies tab that you can just, and then you can put the featured Indies at the top of the tab and, and then just go down from there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I, I again, I feel like that there's more they could definitely be doing, and I and I think it's it would be wise of them to pay attention to that because indies drive a lot of business. They just do. Uh, it's death by a thousand cuts, but it's you know, but they they will move units, and that's kind and and you need to rely on them to get people to buy stuff in between the big budget games. Like you can't just rely on Fortnite and Apex and Call of Duty Warzone and games like that to carry you. I guess PlayStation can, because they're making an ass load of money from, from fucking Fortnite. So, as, as we found out, <laughs> but I don't know. I think long-term it's not a winning strategy. And 
it is giving Microsoft even more, and, and not that PlayStation wants to drum Microsoft out of the business, but it is strengthening them, kind of letting them get those relationships back with those indies. And then one of the, those indies are going to kick off and they're going to have a game that you want to get on your platform that it's going to be difficult to do so because they've got, they're in with Microsoft. They're in with Nintendo. Yeah. So, yeah, man, like that little, like that little, that little Spyro the Dragon game, right? Came out and look at that studio now, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're making, they're making big budget AAA games. And um, you don't want to lose that, right? I, I don't know. So we will move on to the post office. Uh, Terrell asks, do you guys have any games that you play with each other that you compete with each other? Fighters or score setters like Resogun or Luminez as examples. Problem is we're never playing the same game at the same time, I feel like, when it's multiplayer. Yeah, we used to we used to go to each other's uh, or we used to play like Street Fighter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, you know, I hopped into uh, into I hopped on my Xbox to take a look at Game Pass and EA Play. You know, you get all that stuff. And uh, I remember and and the Need for Speed Hot Pursuit mm-hmm. Remastered is out and I played that. And um, I remember we used to compete in auto log for yeah. a bit. Yeah, we used to go like so they they had the asynchronous uh, multiplayer in in that game where you could compete against each other times. And we were we were very into that for a couple months. Like like when yeah. when, when Hot Pursuit first came out, like we were trying to uh, edge each other uh, edge each other out by like tenths tenths of seconds on <laughs> yeah. on different tracks and stuff like that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. yeah, like Micah said, when we when we all lived a little closer. Um, Whenever like a big fighting game would come out, like I remember you guys all came over when Mortal Kombat Nine came out and when MVC Three came out. Like we had, we made a day of it, uh, just you know passing the controller back and forth. There was like five or six of us that all worked at GameStop uh, that came over and just fucking had fun, and that was awesome. Uh, the problem again with multiplayer is that we have to be playing the same thing at the same time. Very rarely uh, is that the case. So until that happens, uh, we will see. But I I will promise you this: uh, if that Ninja Turtle game that's coming out is hype and it's actually good. You will see Mike and oh, I yeah. playing that oh, together. Yeah. We'll, we'll play. Yeah, we'll <laughs> One, play. 100%. We'll play. Absolutely. Uh, Trey says, I just started playing Dante's Inferno and discovered it's basically the non-weeb version of Devil May Cry uh, with DMC5 being a success. Why are we not getting more clones in this genre? Also, you climb a giant penis tower. This game is wilding. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised you're comparing that to DMC. It's a God of yeah, War. Yeah, I thought it was a. It's, yeah. I thought it was more of a God of War clone. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, including the like the uh, the ridiculous, like you said, the penis tower, the ridiculous like use of nudity for no reason. <laughs> um, yeah, that's more of a God of War yeah, ripoff. It doesn't seem it like it, the combos don't seem as intricate and the gameplay doesn't seem as fast as Devil May Cry. Yeah, whereas there's a little bit more platforming and um and uh uh in 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 Dante's Inferno and the weapon types are a little similar. Yeah. Um but to your but to your point of um, why you're not getting more clones of this genre? I'm a, I, now I'm presuming the, the Devil May Cry style of hack mm-hmm. and slash, not the God of War action adventure style. Um, I would imagine that they're, I would imagine that they're a little difficult to do. Like 
because you have to balance the you have to balance the the skill level but at the same time like you got to make it fun for entry level people like people like Terrence will play that game like a like a devil may cry and play it specifically to not get hit and you have to appease those people while trying to um uh make sure that it's also easily accessible mm-hmm. um See, I, I would argue that Plus, there has been a lot of DMC clones because basically anything that Platinum Games has released is an evolution of Devil May Cry in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like like Bay, like Bayonetta and, and things of that nature very obviously draw their roots back to those older DMC titles. Yeah. Um, Let me see. Let me see. Devil May Cry style of games. Um. Plus, I think part of it is those games came out like when those games were in their heyday, Mm -hmm. which wasn't that long ago, but when they were in their heyday, they were, there was more of them, right? Uh, Ninja Gaiden, like the Ninja Gaiden franchise, the the revival of that franchise. That was essentially a, a third person hack and slash action adventure, you know, game that was over the top, right? Like you said, Bayonetta. Uh, God hand was one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at a list now. Now, now that being <laughs> said, so Don, but the, the reason that Dante's Inferno is different though, is that Dante's Inferno is a shameless ripoff of God. Yeah. Of it's not even like, like they're not even <laughs> hiding the fact that, that they're doing it. And gamers tend to sniff that out. Like they tend like, like they sniff out that bullshit. It's the same reason that like, you didn't really hear much about Immortals Phoenix Rising, even though the game is presumably good. People saw that game and said, oh, Ubisoft's literally just making Breath of the Wild, but with Greek yeah. mythology. And it <laughs> is like, like, that's exactly what it is. And the game can and, and like Dante's Inferno is good. It's it's almost as good as like the old school God of War games were. But because it's such a shameless just take on that genre. People are just like, like they look at it as like an imitator. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's not doing anything new. Whereas Bayonetta was an evolution of Devil May Cry. It was doing new and different things than Devil May Cry did. So Platinum was taking that genre that they helped pioneer and spin it off into a different direction, which is why people were were much more apt to, to check it out. It's also why like Transformers Devastation did well because it was like, oh, it's Platinum, but it's but they're making a Transformers game. And the Transformers are fighting. <laughs> like, like it's different. It's different. Yeah. Um, man, Cry, good. Dante's Inferno is fucking wild as shit, though. It is. It, it is, is man. Like, there was one level where, like, there was, like, big breasts on the wall and fetuses were coming out. I mean, of that's probably the same. That's probably the same as the penis tower level. That's, that's yeah, the lust, yeah, the the lust, lust floor, the lust right? Level. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck, you know? Like, uh, wait, wait, wait till you get down to, like, the actual, like, third circle. Like, that, it gets really fucking <laughs> wild when you get down there. I like Dante's yeah. Inferno. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed that, that game. game. Don't get so. me wrong. It's a clone, but I, but, you know, it's clone for a reason. Yeah, it's like, fun, fun hey, to play. So Yeah, it's real fun to play. Oh, we didn't have it on here. So, like, even though the, the um, we'll find out soon enough because it's in a couple weeks, but uh, are you excited for a possibly reimagined Dead Space? Like like a return to form for Dead Space? No, no. Yeah. I that's one series that I didn't uh that I didn't get into. Um 
probably because it was a horror game. <laughs> um, and as much as I'm a big chicken, like I really can't play those games during the day. Like as much as I say, I, you know, I, I really can't, like, it just doesn't feel right. And um, I, I, I didn't like, I appreciated the, the, um, you know, oh, okay, well you have to either use a vertical slice or a, mm-hmm. or a horizontal slice and to slice certain limbs off and stuff like that. But I play games to relax and I don't like, being tense while playing a game i'm interested Um, to see what it what dead space looks like with the a a different studio because visceral doesn't exist anymore speaking of dante's inferno and b um just what that game looks like with the evolutions in games in the last what like 10 years since dead space 2 came out or 12 years since dead space 2 came out Mm-hmm. It's been that long. I don't count Dead Space 3 because that was a whole different fucking thing. But I mean, this is I mean, I would love for it to be, you know, a, a single player experience. I imagine it's going to be very dark and not dark as an atmosphere. Like I'm saying dark as in visually, mm-hmm. like I can't see things and I will need a, a, a particular flashlight. I imagine it's going to be a lot of jump scares. I hope they keep the. The um, I think that guy was like an engineer or something, mm-hmm. and the 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 primary weapon he had wasn't a gun, but it was some sort of like tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope they keep the the like limb severing thing. Um, and I would l- I would love for them. I know the story of the first Dead Space uh, vaguely. I would love for them to keep that like like I don't want it to turn into like Event Horizon. Well, I think that was the problem is that the it it, it drifted that direction. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 became, it became a game like the first game was this very atmospheric, you know, very tense game with a lot of like audio design to freak you out. And then like the second game, they moved towards that still same style, but more of more like set, like action set pieces, like spectacle stuff. And then the third yeah. game was just a action game, <laughs> like a full, right. like a full blown action game. So, so we'll see what that looks like, but I'm, I'm curious to see uh, folks. Uh, many people were very excited. Uh, we'll end it up with cam here says, I know there'll be plenty of talk about the new switch. My question on it would be, do you think this will trigger a price drop on the existing switch or will that only happen when a bigger upgrade comes? No. Um, they, I mean, they, they, they don't have trouble selling them at the price it is now, so they're not going to drop the price. Like I said, th- th- this is the first time we've ever seen a mid-generation price increase take place. <laughs> only, only Nintendo would be so bold, uh, but they're going to pull it off, and they will, they will sell that switch for the regular switch for two ninety nine, and then once that's gone, all that'll be left is the OLED, and people will gladly pay uh, fifty dollars more to pick up a Nintendo Switch console. So, yep, yeah. So that is it for us this week. Uh, thank you guys for checking us out again. Don't forget, you too can subscribe on Discord. Join that up at densepixels.com slash fans and post questions to us that we will answer on the show every single week. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash densepixels and follow us on Twitch. I'm densepixelsbrad, Terrence is apparition410, and Carrie is Suppets Carrie. Again, I implore you, if you are down with the funk, uh, check out the Persona 5 soundtrack because good god 
So many hits. So many hits. It's so good. It is. Thanks for listening and watching. We'll see you all the next time. See you. <laughs>